0: Rysell Iglesias had a great second half with the Atlanta Braves and we crunched some numbers and we discovered why the Phillies GM was rumored to be our GM in 2020 and if we hired him would we be where the Phillies are we're going to talk about that and Albert Pujols is back and some of us are excited and some of us are not and we're going to talk about if that matters all right you're locked on with Mike and John and this is Locked on Angels.
1: You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And John and I thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Of course, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, it really helps others to find the show. And we, we beg, we plead for five stars. We appreciate that. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can click subscribe. And the bell to be notified every
1: time a new episode drops. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every single day. You've got the Frisch Brothers, aka the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. You can get us on Twitter at Locked On Angels and Twitter and Instagram at Super Halo Bros. We're always memeing, having a good time, keeping you up with the latest news about the Angels. So we hope you'll join us on social media. Mike, you and I are fans of this team through and through lifelong Angels fans, and you have to be a lifelong fan if you stick with them through some of the ups and downs we've had over these years. <laughs> yeah, if you hang
0: out with them long enough, every once in a while they'll pop the playoffs or maybe a World Series, and so we're, we're expecting that sooner rather than later. Hint, hint, Angels. <laughs> that's right, that's
1: right. Mike, there was a funny tweet that went around, and I believe it was from John Boy Media, Talking mm-hmm. Baseball. They said, yeah, Angel was. fans... Look away. And what the tweet was was a graphic of Rysel Iglesias' splits before and after he was traded from the Angels to the Braves in 2022. Now, we know the Braves did get eliminated. It was a surprise because they had been such a great team. However, the playoff system is chaos. And we spoke a little bit about that yesterday, just kind of our thoughts and feelings on that. But Rysel Iglesias had a great finish to the year with the Braves and we wanted to find out why his numbers were better in Atlanta versus Anaheim. So we went to Fangraphs and got some of the details. Best website ever. (laughs) Let me start with his Braves statistics here. Okay, So he was on the Braves from August 5th until October 4th. His first appearance for the Braves was August 5th. He pitched in 28 games for a total of 26 and a third innings pitched. Now, Fangraphs has a great stat that helps you measure the amount of leverage in a situation for Mm. a pitcher, for a hitter, and so leverage, for those who need to know, is essentially how important is the moment that this yeah. particular player is performing in. How sweaty so, do
0: your pits get is really what, uh, <laughs> is what it measures. <laughs> if, you ever play, if
1: you ever play the show and you're in a situation where your the controller, controller is shaking, shaking. like crazy, yes. that's high leverage, right? Yes. There's okay. runners on base. There's, I'm with you now. <laughs> there's the potential to score from the other team. So let's break this down here. Rysel Iglesias had six innings pitched, of high leverage situations. So wow. the game's on the line, the The players could score from third or second, runners in scoring position, that kind of thing. Yeah. 10 and a third innings pitched of medium leverage. So, you know, a little bit higher, but just kind of average situation. You got to keep the game close, but there's not an immediate threat. And then finally, 10 innings pitched of low leverage situations. But Mike, talk about his time with the Angels in 2022.
0: Yeah, much longer time this last season with the Angels uh, from April until July when he was traded. 39 games, 35 and two-thirds innings pitched. And here's what's interesting. um, The Angels were not great, and you can see that in his numbers. So Mm -hmm. the controller is really shaking in seven innings pitched of high leverage ball for Mm -hmm. Rysel. He was in a medium leverage situation uh, when he was in 11 and a third innings pitched. And then most of his innings were actually low leverage, 17 Hmm. and a third innings pitched. And so there's there's some similarities with the Angels and also some differences with the Braves. And so I found those numbers really interesting. And then you went to baseball reference, John, and, and even went a bit deeper. So share those numbers.
1: Yeah, I used the combined powers of fan graphs and baseball reference to come up with this. Baseball Reference has a stat called the Average Leverage Index. So it measures the average amount of high leverage, low leverage, medium leverage that a player faces, where 1.0 of Average Leverage Index, ALI, is average pressure, below 1.0 is low pressure, and above 1.0 is high pressure. So with the Angels... Rysel Iglesias faced 1.43 average leverage index. So he was in a lot of high-pressure situations on average. Now, his stats say he went 2-6, two wins, six losses. He had 16 saves and three blown saves. Now, with the Braves, he had a 1.36 average leverage index, so slightly less than with the Angels. But here's the numbers that really speaks to me, Mike. Rysel had one save with the Braves, one blown save, and 15 holds. Yeah. Now, holds are any situation that is a not a save situation, but essentially the seventh inning, the eighth inning, getting the inning turned over to your offense, right, and keeping the score where it is, and that's a hold. So to me, the numbers say that he had slightly more pressure with the Angels, but the 15 holds tell me, and the numbers show, Ricel Iglesias was used in the 7th and 8th inning much more than the ninth inning where he's closing a game, right? Yeah, so he kind of
0: played the Scott Shields role uh, early Mm -hmm. 2000s for the Angels with the Braves this season, and isn't it interesting that he really struggled in non-save situations with the Angels – and was really great in save situations. But those roles kind of reversed when he went mm. to Atlanta. They had Kenley Jansen, who was at the back end of their bullpen. And mm-hmm. so, of course, you have Rysel coming in in the seventh and eighth inning. And it's almost as if when you tell ball players, specifically Rysel, hey, this is your role, it's like he owns it. It's like he mm-hmm. becomes that. And he's going to focus on that. So it would make sense why he was a little bit better in non-save situations and holding the game than he was with the angels when he was the closer, because maybe for I and perhaps for a lot of baseball players, if you're, if you clarify their role, this is what I need you to do. Hmm. It seems like they're really strong and there's some outliers, of course, but it seems like for the most part, they're really strong at at what they do. And for rice, obviously the Braves are in contention and they're having to come back and they ended up passing the Mets and all of those things. I think that for him, the fact that he had more pressure with the Halos was because he was our closer and because we had a terrible bullpen and he inherited Mm -hmm. a lot of the mess as well. And so that would make sense. And I'm going to add one more and to this, our offense was terrible. So games that were probably 6-1 to in Atlanta would have been 2 to 1 in Anaheim. So it would make <laughs> right. sense why he had a bit more pressure. And so, you know, congratulations on having a phenomenal end of the season, but it also makes sense why his numbers were a little bit better in Atlanta. He didn't really have the pressure that he felt in Anaheim when he got traded.
1: Yeah, the other thing I would say is him being on a contender and knowing where they're going at the end of the season. Yeah. I think I mean, that guy has always been a gamer, he's always been a competitor. And the beginning of the season, I know that, uh, his, I mean, honestly, before the losing streak and before it looked like the Angels were going to go somewhere this season, he was a big part of the bullpen and he was yeah. uh, closing out games the way that we expected him to. And even going back to last year, he was a great closer most of the time. But I think moving to the Braves and knowing that he's on a contending team that's likely to go to the playoffs, I think that helped change his mindset as well. But I think that new role of a setup guy in the 7th and the 8th inning, I think it worked perfectly well for him because he's not being called upon to close out games. Now, obviously, right. he was in some save situations, but like you said, tell the guy who what the role is and what he's going to do, and he'll deliver. And sometimes, like you said, Rysel would come in in a tie game. Rysel would come in and inherit a mess, a bases-loaded mess from the previous reliever, Probably Aaron Loop, right? And so he had to clean up a lot of messes because he was the guy that we had to count on the most. And in those situations, he often ran into some trouble. So at the end of the day, yeah, a little bit more pressure with the Angels, but not that much. But I think that the different role is indicative of why Rysel Iglesias succeeded with the Braves. Today's episode of Locked
0: On Angels is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. You should go to betonline.net. They're your number one source for all your football betting info this season along with Major League Baseball playoffs. They've got some great stats, some great numbers, and it was interesting to watch how those numbers fluctuated as the Padres and the Dodgers played and as the Phillies and the Braves played, and Bet Online was on the money, pun intended, with all of their bets, and so you should check it out today again bet online.net they've got all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts in-depth articles analysis on every game that you can find and they always are your number one source for all your sporting wagering information they have live betting up to the minute scores for every sport out there it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events it includes like mma and boxing and golf so head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the actions bet online where the game starts
1: We want to thank you for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Mike, heading into the offseason, we're going to need to see some magic from Perry Manassian in yes, order sir. to get this team to be competitive in 2023 and stay healthy in 2023. And we've got lots of conversations, of course, lots of offseason talk. We've got plenty of time to talk about the offseason yeah. uh, in the coming weeks. But there's an interesting thought that you brought up about Perry being our GM yeah. versus... Somebody who could have been our GM. Talk about that.
0: Yeah. So Dave Dombrowski is the GM for the Phillies and Mm -hmm. he's obviously put together a team that is in the NLCS and he's took Brandon Marsh away from us and took Noah Syndergaard away from us and. And what a a great move that ended up being because both of those guys Mm. were key in defeating the Braves and getting to the NLCS. But the Angels actually had a chance, Johnny, to hire him in 2020. And Mm -hmm. Dombrowski has a proven track record of winning. And there was a lot of conversation. You and I actually talked about this on the Super Halo Bros podcast before we were Mm. unlocked On about Dombrowski. He's got a lot of of street cred. Like he's put together Mm -hmm. some winning teams in his history. But instead, the Angels hired Perry Manassian. Mm-hmm. And he's done what I think he could with this team, with the budget that he has. And so it, it really brought up an interesting question for us to consider. Would have Dumbrowski been a different GM than Perry? In other words, would we be where the Phillies are right now mm. if we had hired Dave instead of Perry? Or... Do you think that this is an organizational issue, hint, hint, Artie issue, and and it's not really a, a matter of what GM we get in there. It's a matter of what they're actually allowed to do, how much money they're allowed to spend. W- what are your thoughts on on Dave Dombrowski not being our GM, us hiring Perry? W- where would we be? Tell, tell me what you're thinking about right now.
1: If Artie Marino and Dave Dombrowski were in the same organization, it would be like two suns colliding in space like it just would blow up (laughs) there's not enough room for the both of them like Mm. it would have been such a bad situation I don't think they would have gotten along I think both guys kind of have their own aura around them right and Artie is not so much a very outspoken person but inside the organization obviously he's been very hands-on obviously he has strong opinions about who to get and what free agents to sign. And Dombrowski, with his track record, I think it just would have been a, a bad situation of just mm. very big personalities colliding. The other thing I would say, Mike, that would concern me about Dombrowski is the fact that he is known for trading away prospects so that they can get win now pieces. Huh, and he did that. <laughs> the Angels have always <laughs> needed to win now, especially with the last. 10 years of Trout, get Mike Trout to the playoffs, get yeah. Joey Ohtani to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but I think the issue there would be we would be right back in the same rut that we've been in for the last 10 years mm. because of the bad development, the bad drafting from Jerry DePoto and Billy Epler, right? I think that we would have worked to build the farm system up, even though our farm system has not been great, probably don't have the pieces to trade away anyway to do the Dombrowski moves <laughs> that yeah. he would do. Yeah. But at the same time, if if Dombrowski came in, it would have meant losing Brandon Marsh, which happened, Joe Adele, Reed Detmers, and, and any number of the pitching prospects that we have, probably a David Fletcher, Jared Walsh, so that you could get back those guys whose contracts are probably expiring on other teams. You know, you would probably would have seen, if this is 2020, you probably would have seen somebody like Chris Bryant or Trevor Story come to the organization mm. for like a year or two or three, but it would have cost you a lot of the minor league system. And I think that's the kind of person that Dombrowski is. So I, 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 I like what Perry has done because Perry is really working hard to restore – our farm system. yeah. And while we have our top guys on the MLB team, like Trout, Otani, Rendon, Reed Detmers, all those guys, Patrick Sandoval, we probably would have traded away Sandoval as yeah. well. <laughs> and yeah. So all I'm saying is I would have hate, hated to have seen guys like Sandoval, Suarez, Reed Detmers get traded away for one or two years of somebody like a guy who was on an expiring contract that a team would have been willing to to give up. And I don't think it would have been enough to get the Angels to where they needed to go. Okay. So I think with Perry Manassi and rebuilding the system, I think that that has been a much better and much more needed approach yeah. in the last few years. See, but that would have been, been my. What are your thoughts? I know you're going to disagree with
0: me. Uh, yeah, that would have <laughs> been my pushback is is what if we made the playoffs? But if you don't think that we actually would have made the playoffs, it makes sense. I don't sense. think we would. It, it yeah. would make sense then why you wouldn't be excited about that. And and you make really good points. in if we traded away some of these guys one we wouldn't know their potential we wouldn't have been able to see that we mm-hmm. wouldn't have had a read Detmer's no hitter for the angels this season right mm-hmm. and so I think that with Dombrowski he probably would have traded away those guys I, I do think that he has proven to be somebody that can put together a team that will contend I, I if we if we wouldn't sure wouldn't make the playoffs what I would what I would push back is is I would say to you we probably would have been in contention we probably would have been close. Yeah. And he would have gotten the pieces for us to get close. That's fair. And and, and you're right. He probably would have, would have flushed the future for the present. But the thing that we don't know is what we have right now. We don't know about Sandoval or Detmers if we traded them away. And I think, quite honestly, if he signs in 2020 like Perry did and comes in... I think Angel fans wouldn't have been opposed to him trading away some of those young guys because we've got a track record of not really developing those young mm-hmm. guys. And if we got a Chris Bryant or a Trevor Story, two really big names, I think Angel fans would have been stoked on that. Mm-hmm. We probably would have found ourselves back in a bit of a rut in a couple of years. But I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in that he has been able to, his track record at least has proven, that he's been able to get teams really close or actually into the playoffs and at this point, I think Angel fans are desperate for anything that actually feels like we're getting there, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Which, I mean, the reality is, is if we get to the playoffs next season and we lose or we get knocked out in the wild card or knocked out in the NLDS, then the next narrative is going to be, oh, Mike Trout and oh, Shohei couldn't even, do, you know what I mean? Like, all that will happen. But I think from Angel fans, we would be frustrated because we're going to want more. We're not going to be satisfied. I, I'm just really intrigued by this conversation yeah. because – the Phillies were not great last year, and then they were great this year because he went and got the right pieces, sure. and now they're in the NLCS. I, I'm, I'm intrigued by what will happen to them for the rest of this year because the thing that was kind of the knock on them was their off their offense was great, their defense was terrible, yeah, yeah. and then getting Marsh actually helps solidify that. It'll be interesting to see what happens next season. No matter what happens this year, and now if they end up going to the World Series, I mean they're in the NLCS. That's a that's a victory. But oh, if they're going 100%. to the World Series and perhaps even winning it. I mean, Dave Dombrowski is going to look like a genius, even <laughs> if they have three straight losing seasons after that.
1: Yeah, that's the trade off, right? You you make it once, and then you're going to be bad for a little while. Obviously, we see that with like the Nationals and and everything. Marlins fans know what that's like. Yeah. too, right. <laughs> but the other thing is, Mike, when has when has that ever? worked for the angel system. Yeah, what I mean by to. that is right. is our best years were the years where we developed well. We brought up the young guys to yep. carry us to the playoffs. Eric Ibar, Howie Kendrick, Jared yep. Weaver, all of those guys who helped get us to the playoffs. And then well, brought even, in, let's
0: let's talk, let's talk about depth. Reggie Willits in, right. in 2009, right? This guy came out of nowhere and ends up playing left field and holds it down for us <laughs> while there were some injuries. And so, I mean, they have the depth there. And and so you make a really good point, which is why we just got to be careful about who we're going to go get and how we're going to sign all yes. of these guys. Because uh, and that's why you and I are, are, are really high on Levon Soto because he's somebody that, has a lot of potential and perhaps could be one of those key cogs in the wheel that actually gets us to the playoffs instead of us going and spending an arm and a leg to get a Dansby or a Trey.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, I think the Angels' best approach is they have to fix their minor league development system. I mean, it's just it's it's frustrating to see players like Brandon Marsh succeed other places. Don't get me wrong, I'm super happy for him, Sure, but the fact that they couldn't figure things out and I know that's more major league coaching because he was with the major league team all season. Uh, but why couldn't they figure that out as beyond me? That's frustrating. But I do have to believe that the best route for the angels is to keep investing in the young talent that they have. Let them be the depth and go out and get the pieces that you need in the off season.
0: Well, after hitting his 700th home run this last season, 701 to end his career. Wasn't and it having 72? his best, I think it was 702. 702. That's right. That guy just was a machine. He had his best season in 10 years. His worst is a Cardinal, but best in 10 years, yeah. better than any Angel season. Yeah. Albert Pujols retires. And then there's this conversation. We all were aware of it. We thought it went away. It came back up. Remember he signed... A long-term deal with us, 10 mm-hmm, years, 250. Mm-hmm. Those numbers seem so small now. No kidding. And then there was this 10-year, 10, $10 million personal service contract mm-hmm. that he signed with Artie Moreno. And so we were like, nah, there's no way that he's he's coming back. There's no way that's gonna happen. Not after what happened last season. Right. And then Albert said, Oh no, I'm I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna be back. And there's some there's some fans that are like interested in this. And then there's some fans that are not happy at all. And and one of them actually called us, Johnny. And so <laughs> I would love for you to play that
1: wonderful voicemail for our listeners. Yeah, this came from Wayne from Whittier, but I discovered something. There's the same phone number is Dan from Dana Point and Wayne from Whittier. And Oliver from Orange. So I, I respect the uh, the right to privacy, <laughs> but I just never know what to call this person. I was like, hey, this is like the same voice. And then I realized it was the same number. So oh, Wayne from Whittier, Dan from Dana Point, whoever you are, <laughs> you got me, my friend. But let's yes. play the voicemail because I think this is a great representation of some fans who aren't really excited about it. Let's check yeah, it out. How
0: can a retiring narcissist sitting next to Perry? in the booth for the next 10 years for a $1 million help our club. Can't that $10 million go in better places in the minor leagues than having that guy sit next to Perry for the next 10 years? Where's Rod Carew? Has no relationship with the club. Where's Nolan Ryan? No relationship with the club. There's better people than that, you know what, to be sitting around as a parasite to the club. I I can't believe that article in the Atlantic today.
1: (laughs) Very strong feelings from Hmm. Wayne from Whittier, Dan from Dana point, whoever you are. He is
0: not calling him (laughs) Tio.
1: No, no, certainly not.
0: No, there is no love there.
1: (laughs) He makes a good point about, so just to be clear, this is not going against the player salary. So this will not impact the, uh, you know, the, the, Salary luxury for tax all the players, all stuff, luxury yeah. tax. Yeah, this this is purely an organizational salary, right? $1 right. million dollars a year for for 10 years. But he's right. It could be money going toward the minor leagues. It could be money going to player development. We just got done talking about player development. And what's another million to minor leaguers? Well, that's a lot of money to minor right. leaguers if right. you spread that around. And right. now it's going to go to Albert Pujols. And I'm concerned about this because... I mean, we don't really know what capacity he's going to be involved in. A personal services could mean anything; it really could be anything. Is he doing laundry like, thing? Like, yeah. What's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go pick up my dry cleaning, please. <laughs> That's personal services, right? That's right. He's bringing That's catering. Right. <laughs> but Mike, we just—it's frustrating because all the conversation we had last year after he left was okay. Now, people like Mike Trout can step up into the leadership role that he deserves to be in. And we actually talked about this last week, that we are starting to see Mike Trout step up into that leadership role. Because there's no Albert Pools, there's no Justin Upton, there's no veteran guys who have been around the league or have been in the league longer than Trout. Maybe some of the older relievers, but I could be wrong about that too. But Trout's been there 11 years and he's been with the Angels all 11 years. Yes. And and to me, this is his role to take and so if Albert comes back and Trout kind of reverts to the oh man, it's 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 Albert. Like yeah. it's it, and he's honorific and respectful because that's who Trout is, but I don't what I'm saying is I don't want Trout to lose his spot with the Angels and his standing with the Angels just because Albert Pools is there, but what do you think? I think
0: that Albert, according to what we've seen from Trout and other players, I think Albert is held in high esteem and respect. And for sure. And I think that Albert's issues were not with players, it was with management, it was with ownership. That's where the tension is. And so what I think Albert can do, what I think he can bring is an expertise in whatever area he's in that's the problem though is we're not sure what he's going to be doing and so it probably would be wise to consider having albert be somebody maybe who is reaching out to the community because he's great at that right and we talked about how it would be great if maybe the angels especially with new ownership reached out to the skaggs family and really like adopted the skaggs foundation Mm -hmm. albert would be great at that and so if that's why he's coming in fantastic Sure. If he's coming in for organizational baseball activities, I get your point, but mm-hmm. I also wonder if they're bringing him in to potentially be somebody that's going to work with the hitters and work with the young guys and help them to be really great ball players, but also really great men, because he does have great character, at least off the field, right? And so <laughs> I, I think that there's... I know there's some tensions there, marriage, divorce, all that stuff, but like, <laughs> you know, who's not divorced except for it's me and you. not my, it's <laughs> <of> my business. <laughs> so, yeah, right. But I, I think the bottom line here is, is that a clarity is going to be really helpful here for us as fans as to what he's actually going to be doing. If he's, yes. if he's doing the fun kind of entrepreneurial representing the club stuff, awesome if he's doing more organizational stuff then I think they need to be really clear about what that organizational stuff is if he's going to be helping young players develop and and have strong character and all, all of those things great I just think that clarity is going to be really really needed here and mm-hmm. and Albert does have we, we've our last kind of experience with with him is bumping up against his ego and then him having a press conference and how he really was glad to get out of there and all of those things right like none of that really sat well with us and so John it's a shame that this is the narrative about Albert Pujols (laughs) right because that was not what we expected in 2012 when he
1: signed with us no no certainly not but but the caller makes a great point about Rod Carew and Nolan Ryan and relationships that are lacking there as well. And and those are relationships that you want to have. So on one hand I understand, yes, new ownership needs to come in and repair a lot of relationships. But if Albert comes in and he's working with Perry Manassian, the man who let him go, yeah. um, then maybe that's one step toward repairing relationships sure. as as well. So uh yeah, I, I understand the point about Rod Carew and Nolan Ryan like having no relationship there and there being tension. But I feel like that same thing would get perpetuated if they didn't, you know, make amends with Albert Pujols, it would be another, you know, Hall of Famer in the in the the playoff or the player bucket that has a bad relationship with the Angels. So in a way, I'm glad to see it be restored. I'm concerned about what it means for the Angels at the end of the day.
0: Well, John and I appreciate you making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Now, your second listen should be the Locked On MLB podcast. Paul Francis Sullivan, our buddy Sully, he's covering the playoffs and he's talking about players. He brings on all different teams and different uh, Locked On hosts to talk about what's happening in the playoffs. So if you want to follow this podcast, you should because they talk about all the things that we want to talk about in the offseason as the playoffs are happening as well. So it's the number Number one daily leaguewed podcast locked on MLB. You can find it on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You can follow the number one daily Monday through Friday Angels podcast, Locked On Angels at Locked On Angels on Twitter, and of course you can reach us at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and instagram and connect with mike and i hey mike what do we have on deck for wednesday's show
0: well we're gonna tell you why the angels if they follow the braves roadmap can be successful next season the the braves have done some really interesting things and if the angels do that John and I think that maybe perhaps it will breed success in Anaheim. And that's what we want. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow
1: on Locked on Angels. Got to breed something in Anaheim. We got to have some <laughs> sort <waiting>. of success. <laughs> 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 All right, friends, until tomorrow's show, my name is John and that's my brother. Mike. Your voice got like this. And then my name is Mike and that's my brother, John. <laughs> that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Angels. And we will see you right back here tomorrow.